0: Hi hi. I'm Joshua Simon. I'm Kennedy Sum. I'm Sam Joe. And we are The S-G, SG Boys. The new gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe
1: and find us on Instagram at the SG Boys. Complete this sentence. Purple light. In the valley. What? That is
0: where
2: oh. <laughs> my uh my my, my mama, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it's that is where I want to be, oh. or in your case, you don't want to be, right?
1: Oh. Singapore has compulsory uh, national service, aka military conscription. Yeah. So we all have to do like um one year, ten months to two years. I'm not sure if for these two it was longer in their generation. <gasps> uh, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> but mine was my, one year ten months. Yeah, mine better. was one year ten months. So like that's compulsory like military
0: service. Yeah. M- mine felt like forever. <laughs> but usually it's two years, approximately yeah. two yeah. years, you know, plus minus. And then yeah. the reservist period is what, over ten years? Ten yeah. cycles
1: and one cycle per year. So it's around ten years. Right.
0: So every male Singapore citizen at the age of what, seventeen? 18 years old, you're drafted international service, either the army, air force, uh, the navy, all the civil defense, aka police and um, firefighters, and yeah. yeah. Okay,
1: we're gonna talk about our army life. Uh, so the three of us are all from army,
0: right? The army branch. Yeah, M- mine's like an army spinoff. Oh, what's that? <laughs> all right, so samja just came back from reserve, and Kennedy, you had like a little feature. You reflected on your army life as well. Where, where can we find this article? Uh, so these articles, they're available
1: on Zula and available on Rice Rise Media. So mm. it was more of like a, a, f- a section on like what it means to be the army. Not a total sob story. Um, it, it's not as dramatic as some people think it is. It's really just um, my honest like, telling of like what happened and stuff.
2: But why don't you tell our listeners yeah. actually like what was... Uh, I want to know. I mean, I know, what, I, I know, I know those articles yeah. were pretty long, but can you give them the TLDR version?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> tell okay. us,
2: tell uh, us. But
1: yeah, it's basically um, I was supposed to go through the whole typical systematic route. I was from JC, mm-hmm. uh, junior college, which is, which is our, like, uh, our senior year in high school. Finished those two years and usually okay. what happens after that is you go in all the same batch either in November or January or April. I went in April. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to do the whole like do well in the basic military training and then after that become an officer or a sergeant and all of that, you know, like become a, a leader in the army because that was what did look on paper. Like I was supposed to go through that whole thing uh, but midway through, um, it got really, really tough for me. I... I dropped out of the course of the basic military training, which we call BNT, because um, I just had so much adjusting issues. I was bullied like for like eight years since primary school all the way until I left secondary school. Then I went to JC, and in JC that was the first time I discovered I suddenly was able to be so open about my sexuality. I didn't feel ashamed of it. Fast forward two years later, being conscripted, I felt like I was pushed back into the closet. I felt like it was not a welcoming environment. And then, like, you know, on the first day, everything's just like not designed with a person like me in mind you know they say like oh why must we serve and then they say picture your wife and your kids and your you know property of choice and blah 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 and then I was just so bitter at the time I was just like you're saying all these things about why we must serve and these things don't apply to me so why should I serve you're still not making a case on me and I know it sounds a little bit entitled but at that time I just felt like I was being pushed back into the closet so eventually it came to a breaking point I just decided I couldn't take it anymore because sometimes people make casual aka locker room talk like right. jokes about like uh, oh do you think there's any gay guys our bang? do you think they're gonna rape us things like that mm. or like um that myth about the Milo the spiked Milo and then the guy got about the roommate um, the Milo putting, putting the something in the Milo yeah 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 and then the when he woke up he realised that he had allegedly been raped I mean they are just saying all these things and it wasn't even like a, a factual retelling I think it was a very like it felt to me like a very throwing gay people under the bus. Right? Yeah, like it's a,
0: it's a, it's like jokey, right? It's right.
1: jokey. It wasn't it wasn't even a serious question, you know. One well, of those urban legends, like yeah, with a very it's, strong it's, homophobic undertone.
0: It's one of those don't drop the soap, right? Mm. Yeah. So then I
1: just didn't feel welcome. Now nah. then, every week after when I book out, right, I'll just look forward to the next time I can just get drunk. It got to a point where like that's always the routine. Then when I book in on Sunday night, I just feel so depressed. It, it just bottled up. So. Eventually it came to a point where um I was like marching to the cookhouse one morning and then after I just I just started crying, I just started like hyperventilating and everyone was like, What's wrong? What's wrong? Now I was like, I need to see the, 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 the doctor now. This I, I can't do this and yeah, I dropped out now. Yeah. And then eventually after a whole series of like back and forth, I went into the military band of the Singapore Armed Forces. <laughs> so this was after coming out officially in the army yeah. to, for me music was my whole life back then. Um I was I wanted to do classical music as a career. You know, so being in that environment, being recognized for my talent in music, it just felt way better and um yeah, you know, I finally felt like I belonged in a place in the army. Yeah. I'm trying not to say precious all the time. Yeah. But that was precious. Judging from your tone just now, it seems like you didn't have your happy ending in ARMY. I don't know. Like. Oh. Yeah, what was your experience like, Josh? So oh. much for my happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. I'm surprised you know that song. Oh, no. Avril Levine is very much a, a cultural product of my time. It's really? Avril? I think she was my... Avril. Yeah, it's Avril, Avril. So, you know,
2: like... <laughs> <laughs> but right. Josh, what, how was your time like?
0: Physically, I look like the type that I would enjoy Omni. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be the jungle. Yeah, I'm going to be a beast. Oh my God, please don't do that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Some people like that. <laughs> my personality is a lot softer. And, and I just knew that... This is not a place where I would find any kind of belonging in or anything. So the lead up to getting our medical checkup, that was so harrowing for me. They they wrote down that I have poor eye contact, which was strange because I thought my eye contact was fine. Okay, how how do we explain the pest status? Basically, pest is um, I don't even know what it stands for, but it's basically your um physical and mental
1: fitness kind of like grading. So there's A to E with a little bit of subcategories in between. So E is the is the lowest la. I mean, yeah. yeah.
0: So E, I, I was given pest E. And they said that depression and suicidal ideation uh, it would be harmful. For both sides, if I were to get like the regular so test fit, I went in with the mentality that I need to go in completely blank. I gotta be a blank canvas, no emotions, no personality. Rid myself of anything that is Josh like, because if I can get rid of that, there won't be any fears, right? If Josh usually would be scared to go into the jungle, if I'm not Josh anymore, I'll go in. Almost like a submission to duty. Going for the medical checkup, like everyone's shirtless and stuff like that. Like I'm not comfortable like that, and, and I I still went through it, and I just like shut my brain off and just. Tried to be blank, right? Which I kind of guess is the point of the army, right? Uh, for every soldier. Um, and then when I went for my BMT, my personality started to grow out a little bit more bit by bit, day by day. I made some friends and, and we ended up having a very different BMT experience. We watched G.I. Jane, we watched Ben or Brothers. That was my BMT. And then at one point it was raining outside. So then they said, okay, come up with cheers. Me being me said, instead of cheers, let's do full on bring it on cheers. Whoa. So, uh, how many of you guys can do splits? I used to be in cheerleading. So, I started training the group and we did full on you got served, like platoon versus platoon dance competition on no stage for my BMT. So much for being past E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I like, I slid across the stage. I had my whole honey uh, save the last dance moment at BMT. It was so fun. Um, And I wanted to be in MDC, right? When I heard Mm. about MDC before going for medical checkup, right? So MDC is the music and drama company. I thought, okay, this is my shining beacon of hope. This is my lighthouse. I need to get into MDC. So I went for an audition before my medical checkup because I was so excited. I just wanted to get straight in, right? And they liked me a lot, but you got to go for your medical checkup first, get your pest status, then come back. So once I did that and I went back in, I had this horrible incident where I went for the audition I was so confident, overly confident. And I was guiding all the other people who were auditioning. as well. I was like, Ten, this is what's going to happen. We're going to do this. And all oh, you guys are going to be fine. And I was the one who was not picked. Because when we were stretching for the dance part of the audition, I was wearing socks and I was stretching and I fell and I did a full on split when I wasn't planning to do a split. Ouch. And I had to dance with my leg just being off. And it was a horrible experience for me and i remember people making fun of of me um the people who were already in mdc they were laughing at me and they even after that like a couple of years after when i went to like tantric the bars here and stuff like that and i happened to recognize a couple of these people they would laugh and they'll make jokes about it. it was the guy from mdc who didn't get in right yeah and that one just like killed me especially when Like, this is everything that I love, right? And this is my lighthouse, and I'm not even gonna get in there, you know? Like, that was just soul-crushing for me. So I went back to BMT. On my final week, they actually put me in the film unit, which I didn't even know existed. And it ended up being such an incredible army experience for me. For two years, I'm supposed to just meet up with all these different, from different companies, right, within the army, and help them do their corporate videos. So whenever there's an exercise in New Zealand, for example, I'll put together the video for them, I'll edit everything. So that's where I honed a lot of my editing skills, which I then used to join radio right after. That so, was my army experience. All oh, that I, ends well. Everything happened for a reason. Okay. Everything happened yeah. for a reason. I thought I thought you were going to say it was like a terrible experience. What happened to that? It, <laughs> yeah. it ended up being quite brilliant. started like, terrible, but then
2: yeah, it, it worked out,
0: right? It started terrible, and I thought it was going to be all these horrible things, and I thought I had to neuter oh. my personality and everything. You know, even when I was in the film unit, you know, it's still in Safti, right? So it's in- It's in, it's yeah. in the far west. Yeah, yeah, far west, right. Jukun. So it's where um, the OCS officers are at and everything, right? So it's still that military camp. So anytime I'm there, I kind of get scared and I try to like tell myself I'm Hillary Duff in Cadet Kelly, you know? <laughs> hey, I, I, have to, I have to say, I, honestly, in BMT, I did watch, purposely go and watch Cadet Kelly.
1: What's yeah. yeah. Cadet Our- Kelly? It's, it's Hilary Duff. It's a Hilary Duff movie of her like, um, going through military school. Yeah.
0: Oh, and I yeah, try to oh. imagine the Spice Girls in Spice World. Remember that? Right, b- where they had where to the wear the, the military uniform. You know?
1: And then for me, it's a, this is the part of yes! me that, you know.
0: <laughs> that music video. Yeah, I'll be like, that's me in the military. Oh, like, that helps. I was it already out helps. by then. But yeah. <laughs> so one of my unit mates, right, I, I just knew with like me, we kept it. Oh, like, he's a homosexual as well. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Forgot this is the podcast where we can talk about that. Um, so we would like meet secretly at the back and be like, "No, oh. we're like best friends." Okay, we're like, "Do you want to go watch Vampire Diaries?" I'm like, "Yes." Oh, oh that kind of that I kind see. of yeah, it's that like, kind of fraternizing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's, like we yeah. share copies of Vogue, you know. So it's mm. like we just became. We had that kind of friendship and com- camaraderie to a point where we actually stopped hiding. Like after all, people are, "Hey, you're too gay, yeah? It's like, yeah. But, oh, <laughs> funny! Hey, what's cool. What's that? What's that code that the older generation used to
1: classify three or what? Three o two, right? Three o two. There used to be an archaic like military code called three zero two that um the older in chicks, which is the older like sergeants, would classify as gay people. Oh, that one three o two, that kind of thing. I wanted to print a T shirt in the color thomasic green and have the number three o two on it. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> and yeah. walk into camp like that. Can you imagine the, 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 the <laughs> eyes that would fall off like the
0: intrigue faces? It's pretty badass though. Yeah. But yeah. no, I never did that. No. Yeah. I mean, my my friend and I, we came out and everyone just embraced us and they didn't really care after a while and so it was really nice. Actually,
1: you know, like we actually talked about that in uh, the Rice Media article that I was featured. Obviously, the experiences differ from person to person but at least for me and the other person who's featured and hearing from you,
0: you know, as long as you find your crowd, your tribe, very cliche. <laughs> la, but yeah, and I think... You can't give in to that shame. Torment for me was before even going through the experience, right? But then once I started just owning myself and owning my personality, owning my sexuality, and just being proud—yeah, we're gay and we're gonna make a lot of gay jokes in front of you. Yeah, you know, we're 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 just gonna be outrageous in front of you. Then they kind of like realized that, yeah, because we're so proud and comfortable with who they are, they can't mess with us. So, Mm. so that there was no room for that shame anymore to fester. I think that's great I I mean I'm
2: happy how things turn out for both of you obviously it was very bumpy at the start and everything but I I mean I know of people as well um, even now you know having just come back from reservists and everything where I mean people know they're gay and they don't have it that easy they're gay but they're not the okay I'm loud and proud and like "Mm -mm," Mm. like you know yeah girl like you still hear homophobic comments it's still very heteronormative Um, it's not very easy for people even though they display as gay for sure. But it's not easy for them to say.
0: There's so many um, different sites to the military as well and every kind of division or area that you're yeah, in like for in example, all differs. divisions
1: are definitely more gay-friendly. Me and Josh definitely. Right, I Music think. and Drama Company and
2: what was yours? Oh, no, I'm, and Josh didn't uh, get to Music uh, and Drama Company. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole story, babe. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Or oh, slash equivalent. Slash equivalent. <laughs> as yeah. In,
1: as in, you know, like if you're working in something like film and media, I think environment may be a bit more like Aware, yeah, you know, mm. and like for me, the way the military band is is a lot of the regular servicemen. They've lived enough to know better
0: outside
2: yeah. and away from that system. Yeah, the reality is that for a lot of gay people in the army, it's still it's still tough, you mm. know, because they still mm. feel very judged. They still feel very unsafe, mm. you know, to speak their mind about certain things. Yeah, I, I was just in reservist, and I I definitely heard from my unit mate um, when they were discussing this particular guy whom we all believe is gay because of how he behaves and everything, they would say stuff like, oh yeah, you know, I get very nervous when he pees beside me at a urinal. I quickly finish up and then go back to that assumption that Mm. all gay guys are predatory. And just because you're a guy, all gay guys want to hit on you. That's not Mm. true, right? Mm. And we know that as gay people, but somehow that mentality out there, that misconception still exists and it's still thriving even as we speak. Mm. Um, I enjoyed my NS experience, but my experience was I enjoyed it partly because I wasn't open about it. Mm. basically it's completely different from what you guys experienced like you guys are like okay I'm out and proud and then your life started to get better after that Mm. but for me okay you know I went to OCS I did my BMT then I went to OCS I became an officer officer. (laughs) yeah and then I got called back for reservists after coming back from studying overseas it's always been very under the radar having just gone in for another two weeks and we had just started this podcast and it's been all over social media I woke up every morning in camp actually worried that you know my unit mates would find out You can come out to your family, you can come out to your friends, maybe your colleagues. You'll never stop coming out. You go into the army, it's a whole different group of people that people assume that you are a guy and you are wearing uniform, you are by default straight. And if you're not, then that involves either they can just tell from the way you behave. I've been asked also point blank. And so to my closer friends, obviously I would be very forthcoming and say, yeah. And one of them actually, when we started the podcast, this was before our training, he texted me and he said, I'm proud of you. To all the allies who are out there listening, like it's so important. Your support actually really matters to us. Yeah. Like you know, because there are a lot of us who are, for whatever reason, we can't actually talk openly about it. Mm. Messages like that really matter, and like your allyship really really counts for a lot. Gives us so much strength. To quote Josh, that's so precious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you know where I'm coming
1: from. <laughs> no, I know, I know, definitely. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm really happy that you shared that. Because, um, yeah, as in, I also don't want people to feel like it's an obligation to to come out in an unsafe environment. I think that's really a consideration that I also have. It's like, that route has been accessible for me. It's not accessible for many people. And you're right, it is contingent on the fact that the environment is harmful in itself, you know. It's like an agency versus a determinism kind of thing.
2: Yeah, and I'm also wondering if it's a generational thing, you know. Because, okay, like, Kennedy for instance You're 23 right And then Josh and I Were both in our Early 30s Early Very early Yeah But I feel like Our time in national service Not that it was Very easy or smooth sailing We've already heard that part Based on my observations On you know What's being discussed On social media And everything Guys in the army Now seem to be A bit more open About their sexuality
0: I hope it gets easier and continues to get easier because yeah. even the generation before Sam Joe and I, even the army training itself was so much more grueling. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think um like this podcast, the generation get pervades everything.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Sure, rub it in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no no no, but as in like jokes aside, I, I do think because it even goes back to our first episode, right? Like the whole thing about the media representation, like the starting point for people nowadays, unless you are really from a very um strictly conservative or religious background, I think it's a normal thing, but it's just not normal here. More an understanding. I feel like maybe younger LGBT people can be a bit more um, confident about themselves because also social media. A lot of people's first interaction with sexuality through the internet. I hope it stays spacers. I mean that's why proud exists, right? Um, another plug. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Because of that, then people feel more confident and assured of their identity. Right. So I think when you go into army, it's kind of like a. It's always like an inside joke thing, like kind of like a, yeah, it's it's shitty here, but it's
2: not supposed to be shitty. Right. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I, Because
2: I, everyone's more aware of like the general zeitgeist and times mm. have changed. But I don't know, when you're in camp, it really is a very insular bubble. I mean, it's by design also, you know. Yeah. yeah, with the uniform and all that well, kind of adds and, to it. And the regimentation and everything. We yeah. oh, go back to being that 18-year-old NSF who is terrified of a lot of things like it you know just authority? You back. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and not that I'm terrified, but I feel like regardless of what rank you wear, whatever there is that underlying concern that the authorities can do things to you and get away with it. If if it's considered deviant or if it's considered wrongdoing in their eyes, because they have a lot of rules. But you know what I'm trying to say. Let me pull out an uh, old Instagram
1: post from a very secret account that has zero followers. It's basically my own blog. I write it for myself. Um. When I went with my second BMT, alright, oh I forgot to tell you guys, I went for a second BMT actually. Shaved my head twice. <laughs> wow, you loved it so much. <laughs> ah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I went for the Pest C BMT after I downpassed. pass because I didn't oh. complete my first Pest B one. Right. Um, what really changed my mindset about the whole, like, um the system sucks. It doesn't mean that the people will always suck. I got to see a counsellor and that really honestly helped me so much. My first day as a clerk, after I dropped out from a BMT, my officer, who was only two years older than me, he just straight up said to me, like, in the private room, he said, um, you know, I read your file, I know this is what happened to you and I know why you, you dropped out and stuff. Um, and I just want to let you know, like, this is from a personal standpoint, it's not the view of the organisation, obviously, that it's okay and I'm here to protect you if anyone tries to bully you for it and things like that, you just let me know. And that was the moment that just, I think, like the rainbow kind of like appeared oh, in the sky yeah. for me, that kind of feeling. Yeah. Things are changing, especially hearing someone who's only two years my senior saying that kind of thing. And let me pull out this thing from last time. Oh my God, where
2: is it? And that's all the time we have for today. But <laughs> if you guys have any um, thoughts you want to share, please okay. write it to us. Okay. So this was on
1: 15 January 2017. So I said, today I came out to a few platoon mates. So this is my second BNT and I decided that I wanted to come out right from the get-go. I came out to a few platoon mates and a rainbow appeared over BNTC <laughs> Really? You <laughs> really did? A wow. rainbow really did appear that day. Oh. Um, it was refreshing being able to live with a bit more dignity here. I never really got the chance to write an emotional closing 2016 post. Easy for me to dismiss my declaration as a choking case or crazy desire to go to a provocation. But on my second day in Te Kung, this time, I broke down in tears while on the phone with a friend. Had to go through... um. Yet again, a humiliating experience of hearing commanders telling me to control myself and not prey on bankmates and whatnot. Thus, 2017 so far hasn't felt much of a new year, but rather a continuation of 2016. And oh, actually, this ends quite sad, huh?
0: <laughs> read it,
1: read it, read it. I want to hear it. Um, this is all very recent, by the way. You're talking about 2016, 2017. Yeah, that's so why I said, so much of my 2016, which was my first BNT, was defined by such indignation and bitterness. I hate living like this, but I can't lose to the system. I capitalise the system. <laughs> I will be able to choose my own path, and I will be able to once again feel like myself again. I am Kennedy Sung, and I will never stop fighting for the things which I believe are true and good. Oh my god, I'm so dramatic. My god, oh, ew. wow. Yeah, yeah so that's why like, this is a very private account that nobody follows, but I mean, I didn't mind sharing this post. That
0: but, is yeah. powerful. You didn't share it?
1: Okay, some things, as much as I'm a very, very attention whore, I like to put online all the time, but some things I, in that moment, I'm not ready to share, but I think because it happened quite a while back, I'm ready to share it with people. Just like a diary for you to kind of like keep yourself on track. And I started blogging when I was in primary school. Mm. So I have a whole diary and I have all these memories from 2016 and I, I just write when I'm feeling down and it's a very nice thing to look back. It's my photo
0: diary. La. I was listening to you delivering that piece, right? And to think that four years later, you would share it on a podcast a more than a scoop I'm proud of you look at that you know for four years it also sat with you you know it, yeah. it was something that you had to keep for yourself and then yeah. when it felt right you put it out into the universe I
1: think most importantly like why I want to share it is because like if anyone's struggling with it you know or anyone has like bad memories or bad feelings about it Actually, as much as the three
2: of us had it good in our own way, we also need to remember that it's not like that for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. It's seemingly good, but at the same time, like I said, you know, you go in and you can't really be 100% yourself. Mm. For sure. Right? When I started this episode today, maybe I was looking back on rose-coloured glasses because
1: after reading that post, I'm like, oh shit, it's yeah, like what you said, fighting to be myself and fighting for the things that are true and good. Yes, there was a lot of turmoil back then. and yeah. After I left my final counselling session at the SAF Counselling Centre, I remember walking at that bridge to Bukit bus interchange. I just held up my counselling time card. I took a picture and I, I was like, I never thought that I'm someone who would need um, help. Simply a listening ear. And I hope that if you do seek help from that place, maybe I hope you have a good experience. Because I heard that some people don't have a good experience. But...
0: We don't want to go down that black hole of it can get worse, it can get worse, because it can always get worse. With every story that you hear, you would find someone. And it's not about comparing who's got it worse, right? But the more important thing is it does get better. It can get better. It is possible to get better. Part of this podcast is knowing that you have allies in the community, right? If you feel like you're going through something, talk about it to someone tell someone so that we can figure it out like if someone were to tell me about their experience you know, I will try to do what I can even if I'm not in the military, to try to see what I can do, whether it's mm-hmm. talking about it or asking someone who can help out, you know, and I think the great thing about social media is that there is now that platform for calling these things out mm-hmm. or and, I guess proud say calling in And so to close off this
1: episode, I would also like to acknowledge that, you know, we are three cis gay men, mm. uh, cis meaning that uh, we are born male and we identify as male um, and so our experience is very insular to the cis gay man experience. And definitely, I think there's a whole other set of troubles for people who um, um, have a different gender identity. And if they were to be born male and conscripted and things like that, we would like to acknowledge that. And at the same time, know that there are affirming counselling spaces that you can approach. And if you would like to share your story with us, do reach out to us on our Instagram and we will be more than happy to Expand the conversation to other identities across the spectrum. The SG
2: Boys, the new gay podcast from Singapore.
1: Subscribe
0: and find us on Instagram at The SG Boys. The beliefs, views, and opinions expressed on this podcast are attributable to its hosts only and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, organization, company, or individual.